here's what we're going to do this morning. Uh, I don't have a message for you per se. A few weeks ago, uh, myself and uh, four or five of our other men uh, decided to go on a men's retreat, and it was open to all the men in our church. I think there were six of us that went. A couple other friends of our ministry went as well. A couple guys were planning on going, and uh, last minute had to cancel and go. But what I wanted to do is uh, there are three of those guys who went to the Solely Business men's retreat. They're here this morning. Come on up, guys, and grab a stool. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them on the spot and make them confess all of their dirt here to you this morning. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but I wanted them to tell you a little bit about the weekend because the Solely Business Retreat is a men's retreat that happens three times a year uh, north of here, about an hour, in Cleveland, Georgia, at a camp called Strong Rock Retreat Center. It's normally a uh, youth retreat center. That is the main thing they do in the summers. But three times a year, they allow uh, Solely Business Men's Retreat to come and use the camp. And uh, it is just a phenomenal weekend. I've been twice now. Eric, how many times have you been now? Five times. And uh, it's, it's been just a tremendous uh, opportunity each time we go. And uh, my goal is to take men back each time. They do it in, uh, where did we just go? Uh, that was October. October, they do one in uh, February and then again in March, three times a year. They've actually started one now in Tennessee, but that's a little bit further. But uh, there's a couple going on up there as well. And uh, my prayer is that uh, sometime by the end of next year, we'll have a solely pastor's retreat as well. And we're in the, we're in the talks of helping them to get that, get that going. But uh, I want to I wanted to ask these guys to come up, and we're going to spend a little bit of time just talking about the retreat. And uh, maybe it helps some of our other men who haven't been able to go in the past. We've got another four or five guys that have gone in, in uh, times past. <coughs> But uh, I wanted them to be able to share a little bit about what God did with, uh, with their own hearts and, and what they saw in the retreat, and, and would they recommend it to you? Because we plan on uh, taking a group back in uh, February and again in March. I'll actually be speaking, uh, one of the speakers in March, and so I'll be going back then. And uh, I think a couple of these guys, I know my brother, who's not able to be here today because of work, he went, he's already got three guys signed up to go back in February, and so he's, he's geared up and ready to go. So that is essentially solely business uh, men's retreat. This is Eric, Craig, Mike, and I'm Daryl. You guys got roped into going to solely uh, business retreat. Y'all got mics? Everybody's mic'd up? Wow, this is like awesome. So um, Eric, I'll start with you since you've been the most. Give the church an idea of the topics discussed over those, what did we have? Seven sessions, 140 men sitting around tables, about eight guys to a table, and seven keynote speakers talking to a diverse group of men, which, by the way, were not just businessmen, right? Were there, there were guys at your tables, guys from every walk of life. It's called Solely Business Retreat, but, but don't be mistaken. If you're not in the business world, uh, we had everybody there. There were lumberjacks there. What did we have? We had uh, guys from the chicken industry, not just traditionally what you would think of the, the, the business world, the white-collar business world. There were, there were all kind of uh, men from all different backgrounds, unemployed men, several unemployed men that were there kind of at their breaking point. Uh, so tell us about the seven sessions as best you can remember. Yeah, before I even do that, I'll, I'll say that it hit me when I came back from this silly business that the name silly business is kind of mis- a misnomer because you think that it's for business guys. Right. But what hit me was it's, it's about soul, the soul, business of the soul. So that mm-hmm. to me, when that hit me once I got back, because when I explained it to people, they're like, a guy's unemployed or a guy's not a business guy. Um, I had my brother-in-law I was trying to get him to go, and he's actually gone through a very rough period and has lost his job. And once he looked at the website, he sent me an email back and said he didn't think it was for him. And, and maybe he got solely business as for business people. 
Also, I'll mention they do have a retreat for ladies. It's kind of an offshoot uh, called True Identity. Okay, uh, but the weekend, you know, it's one of those things that's it's, it's indescribable from, from from your own personal perspective. Because every time I go, the Lord always reveals to me where I'm at in my walk and where, what I need to do to take it to the next step. And um, you know, I probably can't rattle off all the talks, but there's talks on uh, priorities, uh, servant leadership. Uh, the message of the cross, the resurrection, and I don't know if you can pick up a couple others in there. I think there's five talks. You guys remember? Uh, finishing no, I, well? Finishing well. One. Yeah, finishing well was one. Yeah. yeah, I have another point, but it's not an answer to your question. Well, just hold on, Craig. Just hold on. <laughs> we'll get you got to put that time on this case. <laughs> yeah. um, He's got a mute button back there for me, so. But the, um, you know, it's, it's one of those situations. My business partner had asked me to go years ago, and, and I was probably asked three times by him to go. And it's those situations like, you know, I don't have time. You know, the devil puts these things in your head. I don't have time. I got too much going on. I can't go. Uh, And every time I sign up, it seems like I'm dragging my feet to get there. But when I come back, I am clicking my heels. And I'm, you know, you leave that weekend physically kind of exhausted because you, you you just take in so much, you know, like drinking from a fire hose. Um, but you leave just spiritually energized. I mean, and, it, and I can't explain it. It's one of those things you have. Some things can be explained. Some things have to be experienced. And, and that's really uh, what the weekend's all about. It's just a phenomenal weekend. Uh, the courage that comes out of men uh, in that environment, you know, the spirit that moves through people to get people up and stand up and share maybe challenges that they've been going through. Um, but just, just an opportunity to kind of hit the reboot button and get out of the world, the busyness, the hustle and bustle, check out for a few days, and focus on our most important relationship, which is God. Mike, did uh, this was your first time, and uh, had you been on any kind of men's retreat before? Uh, no. No, okay. So was it more or less than what you had expected? What kind of expectations did you have? What did you think after you, after you finished up? Well, I thought we were going to have a lot more free time, but <laughs> there was absolutely, what, zero free time, I guess, so to speak. But uh, it, uh, I, I don't know, it, it really opened my eyes to a few things, you know, that uh, there's a lot of uh, Christian guys out there hurting, you know, and uh, it's it's just amazing how the world beats you up, even though you're a Christian and everything, and uh and there's some safeguards we can take to minimize that, but uh, it, it's just surprising, you know, that uh, the depth that people went into sharing things, uh, the amount of tears that were shed. I mean, and let me tell you, grown men do cry, you know. Hmm. Craig, at, uh, at each session, after each session, so you guys have a kind of a picture of how this thing went, a keynote speaker would come up, he'd give a... He'd give a uh, talk on uh, one of those areas that Eric had mentioned, and then uh, we'd we'd kind of turn inward to our to our small table, and and we were led by a table leader to discuss and chew on what we were challenged with, and after each one of those times where we turned into our table and we discussed it, then we all kind of came back together as a large group, 140 guys in a room, and uh, they said, "Okay, what did God say? What is what is God saying to you, uh, Craig?" It it it. Well, maybe it'll surprise people here that more than once you had something to share in those public times. Um, and uh, 
I don't know why they're laughing. <laughs> yeah. uh, but at any rate, uh, you, you did have you did have uh, a few a few cool things to share and uh, to challenge other men, and and it was obvious that God was doing. Uh, some things in you, but I, but it also seemed that, uh, you were a little bit surprised he was doing maybe so much. Um, were you surprised at, at where God took you in just those, uh, 48 hours? Yes. Um, I, I would start by saying that my opinion of the place, um, or my, uh, take on it was really kind of neat. When you get there, the, the very first thing they do is, is, and they don't, they don't set out necessarily to do this, but just the arrangement of the entire weekend and the structure of things really just disarms you, um, you know, and, and so you, you become very comfortable very quickly um, there, and, and you feel like you're in a safe place. Um, you know, you don't feel like uh, that you have to be guarded or that you have to be careful what you say. I mean, when you first get there, maybe you're a little guarded, um, but you, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a sense of, of openness and a sense of, of mm. comfortability. Um, so... Before long, uh, and you, if looking back on it, you can almost see your, uh, your, your caution just start to rapidly decline. And by the end of probably the first 24 hours, it's gone. And mm. then by the, by the time that's over with, and you're, you're sharing just a little bit of everything uh, mm. with these guys at the table. Um, there was one really cool story, just as, a, just as kind of a little note of a guy at our table that he wouldn't mind me sharing this, that he, he's kind of been lonely in his life uh, for a period of time, and he felt like in some of his quiet time that was structured into the weekend that God was telling him something very simple, get a dog. And, uh, and, 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 and believe me, being at this table with this guy, that was, that was exactly what he needed. Um, and it was very simple, but he had to be there and get quiet and, and have the support of, of the group of people that, that he was with to encourage him to say, you know what, that sounds like a great idea. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I was very surprised at, at how open people were with one another. Um, and, but, I, but I think that toward the end you learn that there are people all over the world that are praying for the event and for you. And uh, so it doesn't surprise me um, mm. how that went. But it, it, it was probably one of the most uh, amazing experiences of my life from a Christian perspective in a group of people. I never would have imagined that there would have been that sort of connection with other people. So. Yeah. Why do you guys think it takes, and uh, use this mic, Craig, because that one's not working. Why do you think it takes, uh, especially for guys, it may be true of ladies as well, but uh, why do you think it takes a weekend away for God to get a man's attention for us to be able to deal with some of the stuff that he's been uh, asking us to deal with? Just the, you know, the, the busyness of life, you know, the, the, the responsibilities that, that we all have uh, that we focus on that you know I can't remember who said it but uh, positive motivational speakers said at one time that the, a lot of times the the urgent takes precedence over the important hmm. and, that, and that's basically what it is so you can kind of get away from all that, that that stuff so you can really open your heart open your mind to, uh, to to hear God speak and let the spirit move and you know both these guys said it in a different way but the transparency that happens you know it's it's unbelievable. It's just awesome. It's awesome to see it unfold. One thing I thought about, that's pretty much the same thing Eric just said, was busyness. Uh, I keep hearing the end of a video that we, we listened to here months ago, and I forget what it even was. I need to go back and look it up again. 
but it was a guy basically talking as if he was the devil, saying, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And if that doesn't work, at the very end he said, if that doesn't work, I'm going to make you busy. I'm going to make you so busy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that is definitely what Satan uses with me is, you know, I run two companies. I've got a total of 40 employees and, and you know, I'm running all over the place. And, you know, and, and, it's e- and I'm an entrepreneur, so every time I turn around, I'm coming up with a new business idea. So if I'm not busy with the other stuff I got going on, I find something else to get busy with. So that, that's, how, uh, you know, that, that's how Satan really gets me. And, and so weekends like that or just time alone with other men, um, you know, purposeful time where, you, you know, you get together and for the purpose of opening up, uh, I found to be, you know, very necessary uh, or else you get you just get swept into uh just repetition of life so yeah well i'm not going to ask you to share anything uh, too private or uh sinful but uh i i will ask you you know where where coming off of the weekend did god uh specifically challenge you if you want to share and uh where are you right now with that is he is he uh did it go away did you did you escape from those challenges or is he still hammering it home with you and I'll let you think I'll give you I'll give you one of mine um, I, I think um, God uh, God used the weekend for me just to kind of be an encouragement and uh, luckily there wasn't anything where he was challenging me on as much as uh, except to say that he was challenging uh, how how much I I knew that he loved me you know we've been we've been talking through this uh this series on our identity and, and primarily talking about how much uh, God does love us and the truth of the weight of his love for us, the depth of his love. And uh, it, it kind of hit me in the weekend that uh, it was as if he said, you really don't know what you're even talking about. Uh, I love you uh, much more than you know. The other thing that he, that he did was uh, uh, we don't get a whole lot of free time on the retreats, but they do a couple times send you out into nature. They send you out into the woods for like an hour and a half at a time. And it's funny to watch the guys when they, when they say, okay, go out and be alone for like an hour or an for, hour and a half. For what feels like. Yeah, for what feels like an hour and a half. And, and that's a joke because they take your watch away at the beginning. And so you don't actually know how long an hour and a half is. And uh, uh, you watch these guys and they're, they're all thinking like, an hour and a half, what am I going to do for that long, you know? Unless they factor in a nap out there, in which many of them do. Um, yeah, so we go out in the woods, and uh, I found a spot in the woods, and uh, I was looking for somewhere to sit down, and all I could find was this log. So I ended up laid out on this log, looking up through the trees, and the sun was just kind of peeking through the trees, and uh, it, it was just a beautiful weekend in October to begin with. And um, I, I'm listening, I'm just, I'm just kind of being quiet and saying, God, what do you want to say? And uh, this little bird, just a really tiny bird, I'm not a bird person, I don't even know what it was, just this basic little bird, just starts hopping through the trees. And uh, as Craig said, uh, as you might imagine, I, I kind of keep myself busy and keep my mind busy and, and probably put more pressure on myself than I need to sometimes. And uh, God spoke to me, hey, dummy, uh, I, I care about this little bird jumping through the tree. And more than that, I got the feeling that God was watching that bird. And the idea that God is a bird watcher came to mind. And that out of all the other things going on in the world, God was there in that moment enjoying watching that little bird hop around. And it just brought such a peace to me that, that God, God would relax in that way. You know, that he's not just frantically moving about trying to accomplish more and more. But he even enjoys 
uh, simple things like that, that small bird. And he just allowed me to just relax in that moment and, and be a bird watcher. Uh, and so God, God challenged, uh, I think, my busyness in a way. What else would you guys say? Where did he challenge you? Yeah, I don't have to think about it. I mean, I, I got hit with a few big light bulbs, you know, for me uh, this time. And every time I go, you know, that quiet time, you talk to guys at 10, that's probably the most precious time for most of the guys that go there to, to be out in nature. They give you a couple pointed questions to ask to God and then just listen. And um, my, one of the, and I got two of them because we, we had two separate quiet times where we went out in nature. And the first one, uh, God basically let me know that um, I haven't been loving my wife the way that he wants me to love her. And because of that, because of my inability to maybe lower my pride, uh, list, listen, to listen to her, what she has to say about situations and circumstances, uh, and just our life, you know, when, when we get married, we become one, right? So basically, what he revealed to me is that I'm limiting God's power through my life by not listening to, at times, the wisdom that the Lord has shared for me through my wife. So, you know, I got the, the, the mental picture of, you know, I'm running my life on my own as a a V8, but really I'm operating on 50% power instead of running like a, a V12 that I'm running on four cylinders in terms of the things that I'm allowing God to do through my life. So that was a real big one for me. And um, the previous silly business I went to, uh, we had a, a speaker get up and, and challenged everybody and, uh, to ask this question uh, of their wives when we got back. And I had you know, every intention to do that last time I went. But I didn't have the courage to do it last time I went. Uh, but I, I made it a point when I left this time that that was one of the, the number one things that I was going to do when I got back. I was going to pose this very difficult question to my wife. And I'll challenge every one of you men in this room, you know, to listen to this question and ask it of your wife. And the question was, what is it that I have to change in my life to be the man that you thought you were married? And uh, you want to know what she said? <laughs> I thought you got off easy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of threads with what you said, what God yeah. told you also. Because yeah. um, that's a bold question, because you may not want to hear the answer to that. And I couldn't do it of my own. Again, I, again, that was me submitting to God and let God work through me because I couldn't do it last year because I was going to do it on my own. And what her answer was, she said, and this again, guys and gals, this, this is all through tears. You know, like the next morning, you know, after I had journaled a few things before I went in there and, and read what I had journaled to her, basically telling her what, what God revealed to me. Um, you know, I posed that question to her. And, and she said, well, you know, if I have to you know, answer right off the cuff, It'd be to relax. And not relax in the sense of hyperactivity. Relax in the sense of the intensity of the things that I want to get done for probably the right reasons. Um, you know, busting into the house. You know, how long has she been on the computer? How long has she been on the TV? You know, the things that, is there something constructive they could be doing? So that was a real big one for me, okay, to be able to come back and actually execute and pose that question to my wife. And how liberating was it, you know, when I got the answer 
You know, it was like a weight off, a ton of bricks off my shoulders. Yeah, I told him he got, a, he got off easy because she could have said anything in that moment. <laughs> he had so laid it right there for her that she could have had anything out of you that she wanted. Yeah, so that, that, was a, that was a really big one for me. And then it just, you know, even between, not that there were any walls between my wife and I, but it just kind of brings you, to, it brought us together even more, you know. It, it, really, it really did. So it was, it was awesome. For me, um, we got we, we managed to somewhat secretly get the mic working again. Um, the, for me, uh, there were two things that sprung to mind. One uh, was in quiet time, you know, we were asked to go out and just ask God, you know, what are you trying to tell me? So I remember sitting there with my journal and my pen, ready to write whatever you know telegraph I received, and uh, and uh, that's how God communicates with me. Um, so uh, you would think it would be through email or something, but. Um, so, uh, sometimes he does, but that's, so, so anyway, um, (laughs) so the the one thing I was like, you know, God, what do you, you know, what do you, you know, what do you, what do you want to tell me? You know, what do you want to tell me? And I would just kind of meditate on that over and over. And I was like, I was almost ready to just say, okay, well, I'm just going to start praying about something else. And on the last one, uh, you know, that I said, and I guess it was last because he gave me the answer. I wouldn't have continued saying it after, but anyway, um, he said, uh, you don't have to do it alone. And I wrote that down, not even knowing what it meant. And, uh, and I still don't really fully know what he means, like if he means it just specifically or just in general, but I've been applying it just in general. Um, so, you know, I, I think for men, it's hard. We don't want to open up to other men. We don't open up to anybody. And, uh, you know, so I, I, uh, I shared some of my pains um, with, with a few people this weekend that, that I had not shared with before. And it was, it, it felt good, it, it you know, it, just to have someone that could, um, you know, that could kind of walk with me. Um, and, and, you know, so that, so that, was, that was one thing. That was really great. Um, and that felt, it, it was a vulnerable moment, but at the same time, it was very rewarding emotionally. The second thing, um, which completely took me by surprise, was they did such a great job or the Holy Spirit, I will say, did such a great job through the way that they arranged this this deal, that you were all about God about at least halfway through. You know, by the, by the time you were halfway through, you were just focused on God. You know, everything you're doing is praying and journaling and talking to one another. And well, they did communion at the very end, and I remember taking communion and sitting back down and literally mourning the death of Christ. And I bawled my eyes out, and it it was it was the it was the most amazing experience, because you know we take communion and, and we kind of know what it means, and, and I always have, and um, you know, and I mean it when I've when I've taken it, but this particular time, just because of my spiritual connection with God at that moment, wow, I mean it, it was really something, and uh, and I probably cried for a good ten minutes, just sobbing, you know, just <laughs> I remember saying why. You know, why you? Why for me? You know, and uh, so, why are you trying to make me cry up here? Uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, no, but I mean, it was, it, it, was, it was an amazing experience that I wouldn't give up for anything. So, that was my, uh, that was my two things that sprung to mind. Can you top that? <laughs> I think these guys are uh, professional public speakers here. Yeah. Um, there was a couple things I came uh, away with about halfway through the weekend, and I don't know if it was because of uh, some of the stories or just things that came out with the men, but I really had a renewed appreciation for my wife 
we've been married a little over 25 years, and, you know, you can get into routines, I think, around year 24. Isn't that when it happens? <laughs> but uh, basically, I have a whole new appreciation for her. And, you know, I kid around with her a lot, you know, because she hasn't had a job in, uh, well, she hasn't had to work for about the last eight years, ten years maybe. And uh, I love to kid her about it, you know, because I got this terrible commute and I got a tough job and this and that and the other thing. But uh, I need I need to start watching how I kid her, you know, because, you know, it's easy. You know, the little things your wife does, you know, it's, it's big to her, but you just kind of blow it off. It's probably not a good thing to do, but you really got to be careful with that. And the other thing, I walked away uh, this weekend. There seems, uh, I think it was part of the weekend, just being with the guys and and opening up about certain areas. And I think we probably really needed to be there for about a week to really get to all of us because, you know, some of us didn't open up at other, le- you know, levels that other people did. But um, basically, it seems to me that we're... There's an accountability that seems to be that that's disappeared from our lives, you know, and Craig and I were talking about that uh, this morning, you know, and I don't know if it's because back way back when, you know, when uh, people uh, were making their way in America, you know, they kind of depended on each other, you know, bringing the food in, harvesting, farming and all that kind of stuff. And today we live in a society that's made it so easy for us to isolate ourselves from everyone. You know, it's 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 just so easy, and I, I think that's what this weekend brought out for me, that, you know, there needs to be accountability within the Christian ranks, and uh, because far too many stories were told that if, you know, they just had a little bit of a accountability going there, some of the tragedies wouldn't have happened in their lives, you know, so. so I, uh, I was asked to give the, the departing prayer, and uh one of the things I said in my prayer, maybe you guys remember, is what I sensed out of all the men, you know, at the end of this now about two full days, uh, these guys have so come together and they, you could tell they're, they're brothers. And uh, one guy stood up and said, this is home and I can't wait until next time when I can come home. Uh, that's, that's sort of the affection that these men begin to develop for each other and what's going on. But what I said in my prayer is that we would love to go home, get our wives, get some stuff, get a couple more hogs because they did this whole hog in a pit thing and it was awesome. And, uh, and, uh, buy some camos because they, one of the speakers was like this army, uh, Clint Eastwood airborne guy that just made you feel like a small girl. I wanted uh, to ask. And um, I wanted to ask him if he would be my dad. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It's ridiculous. And uh, and and so you just felt like everybody just wanted to, you know, just buy their camos, you know, get some equipment, come and just hunker down and huddle in this place and uh, and just have your loved ones and, and never leave that moment, right? And and you've if you've been on a retreat of any sort with any with any uh, value to it, you you understand that mountaintop experience. Uh, but guys, I was thinking, what what in your mind made that place, made those two days, uh, that kind of place for you? What 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 did it? What made it a place where you never wanted to leave? I think it was all the crying. Yeah. <laughs> now they did have at the end. They held up an empty tissue box and uh, and said, you know, a table empty. This, by the way, I'm looking for scripture. I'm not texting somebody. So. <laughs> God uh, talking to you. Exactly. He is. He's texting me right now. Sent you a text. Uh-huh. You know, I just, 
I think a big part of it is, 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 and again, it's not that everybody shows up there is just, you know, putting their baggage out. But unfortunately with guys, you know, we've been raised to be this image of this, you know, you're tough, you keep it all in, you handle it, you do it, you can do it yourself, you don't need anybody else. And I think, and again, a lot, all of this really is the spirit moving and, and through that this, the weekend because you get to a place where, you know, maybe you're in a, a table of guys that you'll probably never see again, but you will because you all come back, you keep coming back. But you're, it, 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 it amazes me, and I brought this back on a, on a previous retreat, that it's amazing to me the, the, par, the, the amount of parallel situations that guys are going through. And when you get a guy over here that stands up and shares, there's probably five guys in the room that say, you know what? Man, I thought I was the only one. You know, so it creates that environment of transparency and intimacy. Um, and then, of course, you, you know, add the spirit to that. It, it's a place that people, you know, that have deep wounds, and, and that's not anybody that has deep wounds, but people that do get an opportunity to, to vent that, because sometimes you got to get the poison out to start the healing process. Um, and for a lot of guys, that's, that's what it was. But the transparency, the um, camaraderie, um, the, uh, and seeing the other guys standing up and sharing, it kind of starts, uh, you, know, you know, primes the pump, so to speak. And then just the spirit moving people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Spirit moving. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You have a passage of scripture? I'm trying my very best, but, um, I, you know, this is not working out. <laughs> I, I think I've got it, but... Uh, uh, Mike or uh, Eric, do you guys have a, uh, there were stories, you know, as men would stand up and, and tell stories of what God was doing. Is there a story that stands out in your mind of, of what God had, did, had done for one of those men? Uh, I remember the guy who stood up towards the back of the room at the end and he, he confessed to everybody. He said, I was here to find partners for a new business plan. He said, I had thought that this would be a networking opportunity and uh, God had other plans and he blew that out of the water. And uh, I thought, man, that guy, you got some guts to stand up in front of all these men and, and just confess that. Any other stories like that? Any other, any other moments that, that you'll never forget? Well, you know, there, there were two Aside or three. Aside from the guy going to buy a dog. Yeah, that was a good one. But um, the, uh, th there were two or three, uh, and I won't narrow in on one um, just for, just it's obvious why. But there were two or three different men that stood up and had talked about sexual abuse uh, when they were children. Mm. And um, some of them had never shared that. Um, some of them had shared it before but had been struggling with it and had had pains and heartaches because of it. And, um, and there was one guy that, that had a major, major breakthrough while at the event, um, mm. you know. And, and so that was pretty profound, uh, that, that, that it would be an environment such that, that someone would share, you know, some of the, the deepest pains that they could have in front of 140 guys. And that was just kind of what it was. It's hard, to de it's hard to describe to someone and make them believe that you could walk into a room full of strangers that you've never met before, mostly strangers, or sometimes people that, you, that are there that you know. One of my employees was there. And we both walked in and we looked at each other and we said, uh-oh, you know. And uh, so, uh, but, you know, it, uh, you know, it, it's, it, when you walk in and you, you, you're in this room full of people you don't know or maybe that you do know, it's hard to, to tell somebody you're going to open up to one another within 24 hours. You know, it's hard to describe that. It, the best way I could tell it to someone without scaring them off would, would just be to say, you know, God is going to work in your life if you just will give in to going on the trip. Uh, even if you don't open your mouth while you're there, you're going to hear so many things uh, that are going to change you without even opening your mouth and sharing. It's not required that you share. That, that, should, be, that should be noted. Um, you know, it, it, it's just you do. 
Um, you know, you're usually at a, a table's roughly eight people each. So, you know, you hear somebody talk for about an hour or so, you turn around, uh, you, re, you know, you talk to one another within your table about what you heard, how, you know, how it affects you, and then maybe something in your life that, that you identify with what they said concerning. And, uh, and, you know, some people would say, oh, I don't have anything, and you'd skip over them. And then maybe later that day, they would come back and say, well, maybe I do. And then they would go ahead and open up. Um, by the end of our... Uh, by our table, by the end of the, the, the conference, every single person at our table had opened up almost completely, if not all the way, and, and we had all cried in some way or another, and I mean, it was just, an, oh my gosh, it's hard to describe. You just have to put yourself in the environment and just let it happen, just whatever happens, happens type thing. And I was, as you mentioned, intrigued by the fact that they have a woman's uh, version of it, women's version of it, woman's, women's, whatever. And... Um, they said that they had tried to put it on themselves, and they said, you know, we're men trying to do a men's conference. So they had, they had turned it over to someone else, uh, you know, that, that had, a, had a heart for women. Um, but they said that it was very similar in nature. Um, one funny story is the guy said, you know, when the first time they tried to do it, you know, by the way, we show up, you walk in the door, you see these big round tables. In the very center, there's a box of tissue, and we're like, okay. And then around that, there's all these little uh, bowls of candy and pretzels and all sorts of things. Man food. Man food and uh, centerpieces. And um, so later, later, he said that when they tried to set up the, the women's thing, he's getting all these calls from women saying, <coughs> you know, oh, my gosh, you know, it's in a week. What are the centerpieces going to be? And he's like you know, what? And uh, I don't know, you know, and uh, so he said, you know, we realized pretty quickly that that's, that's not our thing, and uh, so they moved that on to someone else, but I, I hope that it's as impactful uh, as the men's one was. The two guys that actually pulled this together um, from another trip, uh, another retreat called Walk to Amaze, is kind of built off of that. Um, Larry Green and Kevin, um, it's Larry Green's sister mm-hmm. that had started True Identity right. for Women. So I'm sure it's just as impactful. Yeah. So uh, I already told you that my brother, who also went, has already signed up for February, and he has three of his coworkers signed up to go. Do you guys foresee yourselves going back? Definitely. Inviting anybody? I have. Maybe not February. Maybe not February. I have two lists I wrote in my journal. I have one of people that will go. They're going. You know, there's probably ten people on it. And then there's another list of people that I hope would go. And then I separated them by you know, my estimation of my success rate. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I want this more, as many people in the uh, will-go column to go as possible. But, yeah, I, for sure, for sure, no doubt. Yeah, once you go, you, you just can't hold it back. You, mm-hmm. you want other men to experience what you went through because mm-hmm. it's so, it's, it's life-changing. I mean, absolutely life-changing. One, one guy, he, he called it a spiritual re- uh, vacation. Was the thing he called it? Spiritual yeah. vacation is what he called it. Just getting away. So once you come back, you're on fire and you want to share. You know, something good happens, something amazing happens. When you see miracles happen in front of you, you want to get as many people as you can to participate in that. So it's, it's awesome. Let me tell you why I wanted to have these guys up here. It, uh, it, it may sound like we were just doing this giant commercial for Solely Business Retreat. That's the, the least of my concerns. Uh, one, I wanted you to hear uh, what God is doing in the heart of some of your men. And I wanted not just other men to hear that, but I wanted our women to hear that. Uh, If women, if you would have been able to be a fly on the wall in this place, uh, I think you would have been blown away. It it, it would have probably been scary for you to see uh, these guys open up in the way they did. Uh, But I also wanted uh, our men, and again, half of them have taken the week off this week, but uh, 
uh, I, wanted, uh, I wanted the men in our church to uh, be challenged by other men who are allowing God to just get a foot in the door and begin to work on some deep and hard, potentially, things. To be able to go home and ask your wife such a question, uh, I don't know that most of us are willing to do that, and I'll include myself. Uh, at my table, there was a man who, at the very last, he uh, finally opened up and he said, uh, my wife is an alcoholic, and she's not being a a spouse to me. She's not being a, uh, a mother to our children. And I've just let it go and let it go and let it go. He said it started because one of our children uh, passed away at an early age. At about 10 years old, they lost a child. And uh, he said, I've just, I've, just, I've just let that separate us. And now she's uh, gone to alcohol. And uh, I've ignored it. And he said, I have to go home and confront my wife on her alcoholism. And uh, I was serving the table. If you go back a second time, uh, you get to serve a table. And I was the guy bringing all the man food back and forth. But in that moment, I had sat down and I was just listening. I hadn't said a word at the table yet. And I felt like God wanted me to ask him a hard question. Because as he's saying this to these other eight men, I'm going to go home and, and I have to confront my wife on this. I couldn't imagine having to do that. And so it just blurted out of me, are you going to do that? And I think, it was, I think it was a question for uh, him from the Lord because he looked at me like, well, um, I hadn't thought that far. He was saying that he was going to do it, but he hadn't really swallowed it down into his spirit. Like, am I actually going to do that? And, and he, just, he just stopped and he said, I don't know if I have the courage. And uh, this group of men stood up and we, we prayed around him and, um, and prayed that God would give him the courage to be able to ask that question. Because what we all know is that it's hard to, uh, to go home and actually follow through with some of those things. Part of the reason I wanted to have these men up here was to, was to be an encouragement to them, to not let them forget what God had, had said to them and challenged uh, us individually about. Um, there are many opportunities out there. Uh, we have experience with this retreat, and we, we have found it to be a place where men can be transformed to where men can be drawn closer to their God, allow God to do work in their hearts. And so uh, we will continue to uh, push men towards this event. I'll continue to go and, and, and take men and uh, just walk with them and uh, allow God to transform us. And so another reason that we're doing this is to say to you, hey, February is another opportunity. Some of these guys may be back. Uh, March, I'll be back. And men, I challenge you. Uh, we've kind of tipped the hand to you, man. We, we've tipped the cards to you a little bit, and we've said that this is the sort of thing that goes on. And a lot of guys show up just because uh, somebody invited them, and they, don't, they have no idea that this is what happens. And uh, we've tipped the hand to you, and, and still I challenge you. If you've not been, uh, if you've not allowed God to uh, deal with you on, on a deeper level with a large group of men like this, uh, here you go. It's the Solely Business Men's Retreat Challenge. And ladies, uh, maybe you're like my brother and uh, your husband just never gets around to signing up for stuff and answering emails, etc. So what I did was email his wife and said, sign my brother up for this. Don't even tell him, just sign him up. And he got an email that he was confirmed and he said, well, I guess I'm going. And so that's how he got to Solely Business Retreat. Ladies, uh, here's permission from your pastor. Sign your husbands up. <laughs> just go ahead and pay for it and uh, sign them up for February or March. As I said, I'll be one of the speakers in March, and uh, so I'll definitely be back then. But um, can we just confess together, guys, that, that God challenged us in many different ways, and, and we still have a long way to go.
And so part of this is uh, four men uh, standing before our church body or sitting and confessing to you that we have so far to go and uh, making apologies for where we come short as husbands and, and um, fathers and men in the church. The last reason I want to give you for doing this is because I believe wholeheartedly, and ladies, do not take this as a slight, that the health, the vibrance, and the power of a church, a local church body, can only be as strong as the collection of its men. And uh, not next week, because Voice of the Martyrs will be here, but the week after, uh, I think I'm going to be bringing our men a challenge. And so, ladies, make sure they're here. All right? Guys, don't you escape. Make sure you're back in two weeks. Uh, I truly believe that the power of our church is only as strong as the spiritual power in our men. And so let's pray for our men as we, uh, as we finish up here. And uh, Eric, you got that passage? Uh, Eric uh, read a passage of scripture as he was led at the end of the uh, conference. And uh, I've asked him to read that here as we, uh, as we wrap up. And we're going to pray for our church and, uh, and be dismissed. Yeah, and if I can kind of give some background on this too, I I'd actually sent an email out to Daryl and some other guys about how it's, it's just, you know, God is crazy good and how, how, how good it is sometimes to just reflect, you know, on where you're at and where you've come as far as your walk with God. And, and I was reflecting a little bit uh, when I got back from Sully Business. And it, it was interesting that as soon as I finished the way of the master that wouldn't see an evangelism course, I was in Acts. And as soon as I finished uh, uh, solely business, I was in 1 Corinthians. Hmm. And because um, the, the, over, the overriding message I got from the weekend was, was love, okay? Hmm. Um, God, how much God loves us. Um, if we love God enough to put down our pride, uh, our self-righteousness, put down the things are, that are crutches in our lives, whatever it is, whatever the sin may be, drinking, whatever. Um, if we're, we're, we love God enough to put those down and allow God's power to work through our lives, because all those sins, regardless of what it is, it's choking off the flow of God's power in your life. And so, I, you know, and love just popped up all over that weekend. It just seemed to be like a common theme, Okay. Mm -hmm. And part of it, uh, one of the uh, speakers read 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 1 through 3. I'm going to share that first before I share what came to me and we bookended the weekend with. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. And 1 Corinthians 2.9, this is what I was just moved to get up and share at the very end of the meeting because um, it's, just an, it's just an awesome glimpse or promise from God, if we can love him enough to lay the things down that are getting in front of uh, uh, him and us and our lives and what God can do through our lives, uh, just the amazing possibilities, the things that, you know, it's the, the, the miracle is not what I can do for God. The amazing thing is what God can do through me if I get out of his way.
That's the amazing thing. Um, so here it is, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Wow. I'm ate up with chill bumps right now. It's phenomenal. What a promise. What a promise. And then finally, let me end with this. And then after, after I was reflecting, uh, this is before I went in there and talked to my wife, and I was just kind of shocked that I'm in Corinthians, you know, and this whole love message came to me uh, and all this. The acronym hit me from nowhere. You know, that was, you know, sometimes people, you hear people say, well, God spoke or God told me this, God told me that. You know, I've never heard God audibly, you know, and I, and I realize that God speaks through us through his word and through other people and through nature. Um, but one of the speakers got up and, and made the, the point that, you know, if you ever, you know, have a thought that comes into your head, you know, out of nowhere, out of left field, and it's something, you know, pure, something of God, um, that's God talking to you. And the thing that hit me, the thought from left field that wasn't of my own, was the acronym LOVE. And L, love God with all my heart, soul, and strength. O, obey his word. V, vow to love my spouse and neighbor as God says to. And E, evangelize. Well, pray with us. Father God, thank you for uh, men who are willing to, uh, to share and be transparent. And Lord, I pray for this congregation that you would bless us with men, not men of great talent, not men of great ability, not men of great pedigree or men of great success, but men who are willing to humble themselves before you. And to let you transform their, their life from the inside out. Lord, would you raise up leaders among this congregation of humble men. Not perfect men, but men who are willing to let God in. Men who are willing to let God challenge. Men who are willing to let you, Lord, love them to repentance and obedience. Lord, may these men be an encouragement to others. And I pray blessings on them and their families that you would fuel and fan the flame that you, you sparked on that weekend on the mountain. Lord, don't, don't let the busyness creep back in. Don't let the, the secondary priorities creep back in and overwhelm what you've called us to do and to be. And so, Lord, we ask that you would, you would do in Cornerstone Church and in the men of Cornerstone only what you can do. In Jesus' name, who is our cornerstone and our firm foundation, amen.